This is Big Red Potion. by the Game Review and the Unified Gamers Network. You're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that are belong to us. In the spirit of trying something different this week, I'm your unusual host, Joe D'Elia, previous director for QGR. And for the first time ever, I get to introduce the fellow that puts the man into Bionic Commando, edit- TGR's editorial and features director, Sinan Kuba. How's it going, Sinan? <laughs> Thank you very much, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm good. It's not your first time hosting, but it is your first time hosting with me. So uh, yes. I'm just glad I get to sit back and let you uh, completely train wreck this podcast for once. So, yeah. Oh, good. Speaking <laughs> of that, um, joining this week are two guests from the C4 podcast, which is the official podcast of Cheat Code Central. First up is Matt Walker, a previous guest of the show, who has been working with the Triple C for three years. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's actually glad that you invited me back. After the last time I was on, I assumed that I would probably never be allowed back. So <laughs> We did get a lot of uh, hate mail from the Wii contingent. Yeah. Uh, hate mail's was, good. Yeah, good. but, you know, it's screwed up Wii contingent. <laughs> I shall conform everyone. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, next up is, and I hope I pronounced this right, Amanda Condologi, a contributor to Cheat CC, Matt's co-host on the C4 podcast, and a first-time Big Red Potioneer. Amanda, pleasure to have you on. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And I as well thought after you had Matt on, you you wouldn't be invited back. So it's a surprise for me too. Hey. <laughs> you still have to do the, the the C4 podcast with me, so tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to compliment you real fast. You did get the name right, so good job. Ah, oh, thank you very much. That's because I uh, told him beforehand. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's all me. It's all me. It's all me. Um, all right. So this week, Sinan, Amanda, Matt, and I will be talking about how women are represented in gaming. Gaming has traditionally been looked at as a medium for prepubescent teenage boys. As such, the female characters contained within have often been used as objects of titillation as opposed to being meaningful characters. Recently, some games have bucked this trend, offering realistic, maturely defined females that don't use their looks as their primary weapon. The question that we are going to ask today is, are females well represented in gaming? Or does the industry continue to degrade women with their over-sexualized characterizations? So before we get into that, I figured that we should go around the pod and pull up some examples for both arguments. Um, So let's start with Amanda. Uh, Which characters do you think are the absolute worst examples of female degradation in gaming? Oh, man, where do I start? Let's go with Dead or Alive. That's oh, good place. Itagaki-san likes women. Um, what's, what is it about Dead or Alive that, in particular, you think is just horrific? Oh, let's see. Um, lack of clothes, incredibly <laughs> awkward proportions. If you saw women like that in real life, I promise you, you would be horrified. <laughs> Somehow they look normal, quote-unquote, in video games, but, man, those proportions are insane. They wouldn't be able to walk. <laughs> they would, would be like crawling along the floor like slugs, wouldn't they? <laughs> I, I I have seen women like that in real life, and they always have little midgets with them, and it's it's not very good, and it is quite horrifying. So, oh man, no, Dead or Alive has to be worse, you know, followed closely by what is it, X Blades? Just uh, to cover yeah. up. <laughs> yes, There you go. Oh, don't even get me started on the <laughs> Oh, I'd block that from my memory. 
Well, I mean, do you find anything positive about the DOA series, or does the uh, the the significant chest regions of the characters kind of weigh it down for you? Significant oh, chest regions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest way I can put it. Because there's, I mean, we're talking about how women are represented, and obviously there's no nice way to put that. So if you want to just lay it on the table and be like, they're boobyliciousness, I'm totally down with yeah. that. But, yeah, no, I don't think there's really anything positive. I mean, what do they do? They sort of jump around. I mean, did you... Do you remember they, Dead or Alive Volleyball? I yeah, mean, see, I was getting ready to say. I mean, you know, there's there's not a whole lot to uh, promote about Dead or Alive because, after all, they made volleyball games for no reason. Twice, yeah. I might add. Yeah, twice. I mean, there's there's nothing positive about that. and I mean, I guess if you really wanted to just go above and beyond and you do their PR or something, you could be like, yes, well, they're very well trained in martial arts. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's as good as I can go with that. I, I see no redeeming qualities there. Fair it, it is kind of the kind of clutching at straws and you're like saying, oh, well, they're kind of equal with men because they're fighting on the same level. It's like, yeah, but the guys get to wear clothes. <laughs> well, that and the guys didn't ex- exactly have to learn how to defy gravity as yeah. their first ninja train. <laughs> they don't have the chiropractor on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> midgets, midgets help the world go around. I agree. Uh, um, any other ones, Amanda? Um, any other ones that are terrible? I don't yeah, know. I mean, come to mind particularly like the strongest ones in your head, aside from the Itagaki-san uh, game. <laughs> Because it's like, what can't you mention? I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I'm really thinking of the ninjas, so I'm like, Ninja Gaiden. All right, cool. Um, Matt, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, for the worst? Um, yeah, the absolute worst. What do you think? Not top of your head, besides from DOA, what do you think is the worst? I, I, I would probably have to say uh, the Grand Theft Auto series. And it's not, you know, because of uh, the size <laughs> of the boobs. <laughs> yeah, well, their professions happens to be some of it. And, and you know, I... I don't know any other way to say this. So, uh, women of the night profession that <laughs> don't really require money is the characteristic of nearly every female character in there in the Grand Theft Auto series. Right. Yeah, I mean that it's there's never been obviously a female lead character in Grand Theft Auto, and all the ones that have been there have kind of been these stereotypes of women that are just horrific, and that they have really very little purpose in those games in the long run. You Fair see, the, the thing with Grand Theft Auto, I almost forgive it because the point's not the same. It's not intended to necessarily degrade women. It's meant to be more satire and saying this is the way you know New York is, and you know let's face it, New York, London, these cities are. Uh, not, I'm not saying every. I'm not going the grand daughter stereotype, but there is a prostitution is a problem in these cities. So I, I'm not. I, I on the other hand, the main character women in those games are absolutely shocking and really, really shallow two-dimensional characters. So I, I guess there's two sides to it. It's kind of like that with the men in those games too. They're all these just like flat, you know, stereotypes of a certain right. type of attitude and character. So I mean, like there was the lesbian in Grand Theft Auto 4, which was you know kind of awkward to watch and not really that interesting of a character but you know I mean it's just fit the, the the lesbian stereotype that sometimes you see in movies and stuff like that it's just a very I don't know I think that whole series kind of fits into that with all of their their characters and uh, the women aren't really don't really uh, are you know there just aren't as many women in those games so the ones that are there are just these blank stereotypes yeah I, I kind of think everyone gets uh, you know picked on in Grand Theft Auto every race and every gender so I, I, I see where Matt's coming from but I'm not necessarily 
as against that as I am to say what Itagaki has uh, produced over the years. <laughs> oh, uh, one other example of uh, uh, female characters: Dom from uh, Gears of War series. <laughs> All right, <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think nothing more needs to be said about that. <laughs> We do uh, every week on the C4 podcast. So. <laughs> I, I, that absolutely fits in every imaginable way. Uh, Sinan, what do you think? Well, the one I can't believe hasn't been mentioned yet is Soul Calibur and Ivy in particular. Oh, is Ivy. It, She's I, so special. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. It's just amazing the character design. Just unbelievably. Just, <laughs> just, I can't even believe that we're in the 21st century and there's a character like Ivy in a game. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> I think her outfit is made out of the pieces of seatbelt straps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's kind of a thing in every fighting game, though. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, one of, like, I forget, I think it was Games Radio, they did their, like, top 50 fighting game characters or something, and Felicia from Darkstalkers was number three, and pretty much only because she wears nothing but bits of fur. Well, and she's she, also a bat, too, so that helps. Oh, no, wait, you're talking about cat the kitty cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, she's bad. also the one you see at every major convention because they seem to get a lot of attention. But even, like, Cammy is just walking around in a thong all the time. Uh, pretty much everyone from Soul Calibur, including Ivy especially. Mm. Uh, if, I mean, like, all fighting games, they kind of just fall into that, hey, here's some half-naked girls, buy our game. Well, that's because fighting games are aimed at prepubescent boys. So, you mm. know. I mean, I like them, but what does that say about me? Anyway, um, so... Defines <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit of your character. Yeah, right? it does, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, to go for a more controversial one, then, um, Princess Peach. Because, Absolutely. Because of Super Princess Peach, which is possibly the most degrading video game to women and girls ever made. Her superpowers involve crying. She cries to get through levels. <laughs> I just... Sorry, no. <laughs> well, well, it works, right? Amanda, what was that uh, other game that we talked about on the C4 podcast where it was uh, uh, pout points or what was it? Yes, you get pout points to level up your skills and abilities. I mean, the game ends somewhat positively where she sort of like grows up and out of this crying phase, but the character starts out as like this princess who can only pout to get her ways. And, (laughs) you know, she goes out and on this quest for a man and it's all very sexist, but you know, whatever. Wow. I really wish I could remember the name of the game. It was published by Atlas, but I can't. I think it's My Wonderful World or something like that. I, I, I'm not sure. We we hated on it for about 15 minutes on the podcast, though. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's any game. That's true. Wow. That's what we do. <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, I'm actually kind of surprised no one mentioned Lara Croft here, who kind of, um, I mean, yes, she's a strong female lead, but she also has been kind of thrust into the media because her chest is enormous. And has gotten, well, did get bigger for a while over year after year after year. Well, that was before they had Angelina Jolie play her, who had no bust. So they was like, we got to make this realistic now. So Sure. I mean, they yeah, I mean, even talk about the bust, because, I mean, if you look at the, the game covers for the latest one, I mean, what's there? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and also, like, every piece of rendered media that the company made for Lara over the, like, is her with, like, a a blanket draped over her chest, or, like, her half-naked in, like, a bathtub. I mean, they've continuously thrown, like, every game has been like, oh, no, she's a serious ass-kicking, tomb-raiding hunter person, but, like, every single, like, picture they've ever released of her has her, like, in a bikini. Well, that's the thing. I feel like the the Tomb Raider games actually don't sexualize her that much. It's just the marketing. 
Uh, right, the marketing. Yeah, like, you know, there has to be a real-life model of it. Why? What does that do? How does that help? Right. Well, it's like uh, uh, when it was first released on the PlayStation, um, it was maybe a few months after the Tomb Raider game uh, was released, and a lot of gamers started thinking, you know, she was the greatest female character ever. Immediately after that, it was like, oh, let's find the nude code to see if we can make Laura be naked while we traverse through tombs and stuff. I mean, it already doesn't make sense when she goes to the Antarctic and is wearing a tank top and shorts, you know, let alone introducing a nude code into that. So I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the gamer's frame of mind. Like what the the gamer industry has done to a lot of the female characters. And I think that's why um, every fighting game is built off the same platform. Over-masculine males and half-naked chicks. It, it's what we've come to expect. So you think it's just kind of the default, like when the developers are making a game, they look at everything else and they say, well, everyone else does it this way, so let's put our main characters in thongs. I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. Okay. Do you think this is something we have brought up on a previous show? Do you think that if they were, you know, under-sexualized characters, so it was just normal guys, normal girls, would that have a, much of a reaction in the West? And my argument is no, but in the East, you'd see dwindling sales for certain. See, I don't know. I don't I would think that, that uh, I would like to at least believe that that wouldn't happen because, you know, it, to me, a game is about the story, the playability, and I, I could care less uh, what the characters look like. Um, as long as I'm enjoying playing the game and the, the story for the games that actually have stories connects with me and... and involves me to a level I, I it could be stick people that I'm playing at honestly yeah I, I tend to agree with that too but I don't think that the mass public does I mean you look at something like X-Blades which I mean the gameplay is absolute garbage and they put this like half naked chick on the front cover and that's pretty much like the sole you know selling point of that title is that there is a half naked chick on the cover and that you get to stare at her the entire time through the game I mean that game was entirely marketed around that and um, I don't know I think that some people do kind of buy games for that reason, and I, I don't really understand why, but it's just a, you know, that's kind of why all these games have these half-naked characters. Like, Mortal Kombat uh, 8 came out, and, you know, all the previously half-naked characters were fully clothed. You know, would the fighting game fans really want to pick those characters anymore? The thing is, all the games we've mentioned have been, apart from with uh, Lara Croft and Tomb Raider, have been Japanese-developed games. And I think that's not a coincidence. I think that's, that Japanese culture is more aligned with, let's say, over-sexualization of the female form. And I think that uh, in the West we buy Japanese games not because of, say, the X-Blades cover art missing her whatevers. Um, I, I think we like the game design. I, I, that's my point. I feel like in the West, the mass public, maybe there'd be some effect. But I think the reason that it's... it's still going on in the industry to do with the East. And I don't mean to the great Japan, I just think that, that if you're going to be honest, that's, those are the facts. Well, you also get games like Afro Samurai and God of War, where every single game, uh, per female in those games is topless. Like, just for no reason, just gratuitous toplessness. And, like, every like a lot of American published games are like that now. The Godfather is another one. Yeah. And the, that Age of Conan one, too. Right. Oh, yeah. 
I, but see, like Age of Conan sucked. Period. So, you know, the only reason that people bought it, and it's like, um, the, uh, the, the controversy over Mass Effect. When, when Mass Effect was released, everybody ranted and raved about, uh, the, the nudity that was in that game. And they also, you know, talked about how, where you can change, uh, the, the sex of Shepard from male to female. You know, that's all you heard about. You didn't really hear, oh, Mass Effect is an alright game. It'll give you hours of gameplay and you'll enjoy it and, or, uh, there's this problem with it and there's, you know, there's all these glitches and stuff and it was really a letdown. All of the people that were expecting great things from Mass Effect, you know, and then it was greatly overshadowed by the controversy of that sex scene. But I think it, 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 a lot of it really stems from the teenage males, uh, puberty, <laughs> raging past the point of, oh my god, there's a girl, it, she's naked maybe, so I gotta get this game. I mean, it happens not just in video games, but it happens in every form of media. Uh, anime being one. Uh, Amanda, I know, I know that you are well aware of that. Unfortunately, uh, and, and and comic books as well. I don't know how many times um, that I've went into a comic book shop and seen like scantily clad females, and and the 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 shop owners are like, yeah, that's the hottest selling book right now. I'm like, why? And they're like, look at the cover. <laughs> a, a topic uh, she's name went in, brought it up a little bit before was that like in Japan they're very they're much more open with that kind of thing like they have arcade games over there where it's just like it's like mahjong with naked women like it, you know people play these in public and it's fine so they they're kind of like as Sinan was getting into they have like more you know, open with sexuality they like to you know objectify women over there a little bit more and you know uh, in America it's kind of like sex is a very controversial thing on its own. Anything that has a little bit too much skin in it will get, you know, on the evening news, just like Mass Effect did. And, I mean, that game was, you know, the sex scene that was blown so way out of proportion by a media that didn't really understand what was going on in it. Well, it was graceful. And it was a graceful sex scene at the end of the That's what I mean. You know, yeah, I, well, I mean, and, and that, and, like, the scene, I, I didn't care. I, I actually, you know, skipped the scene. So, you know, whatever. Like, that's the thing, though. Like, any sex in America brings about controversy mm. in, in anything that's targeted towards, you know, teens or anything like that, or even, you know, something... Like, not not just targeted toward teens, because Mass Effect wasn't, because that was an M-rated game, but anything that could be interested... Uh, could have teens interested in it will get controversy. So I think that's kind of why, you know, uh, all this, like, sex becomes an issue and, and things like that. Like, if DOA had full nudity in it, that thing would be, like, you know, in porno shops. That's the only place you'd be able to buy that damn thing. Because in America, we're very restrictive about where we, you know, sell this kind of stuff. And I think that's why, like, Mass Effect was blown out of portion. That's why, you know, I'm sure Dragon Age is going to be on the news every yeah. single night because there's sex scenes in that game where you can have sex with uh, same-sex couples and stuff like that. And they don't even show anything. They just insinuate that it will happen if you press this button. So or it's, animals, apparently, yeah, animals. as well. Yes. <laughs> that's what wow, I, did, I had no idea about that. Yep. that wow. Okay. There was a yeah. story yesterday about it, how uh, you can go into a brothel and it, there's like a surprise me button. 
a man, woman, animal. Do they not know you can't go into a brothel and say, surprise me? Oh, every brothel should have the surprise me button. That's just awesome. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to know what that's like, Dragon Age comes out this fall for the Xbox, PC, and PS3. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be in the news. It's guaranteed to be in the news, even though, as the ESRV already said, there's no nudity in that game except for, like, one topless girl. But um, Matt brought up, you know, how it is with other mediums, comparing it to anime and stuff. And I think uh, the problem with games is that the rating system doesn't really do jack. Like, you know, with movies, we, we understand and appreciate what, you know, the different ratings. And movies are kind of defined in their ratings. You know, say something like um, American Pie, we know who that film was intended for. Something like Soul Calibur, well, that could be a game for kids. It doesn't really matter that it's got, like, huge breasts bouncing all over the place in it. And I think, like, you know, it's kind of ironic. I'd rather have my kid playing Mass Effect than Soul Calibur 4, not just because Mass Effect's the better game. That, well, and some yeah. people also buy games based on what the rating is. Mm-hmm. And I think a good example of that was the, the X-Men Origins game that came out a couple months ago. Like, uh-huh. no one was going to buy the teen-rated version. Oh, no. Everyone buys not. the mature-rated version. Right. And that's because that's what people care about. They feel like if it's, you know, a lower rating, you get less content. And if that comes with sexy ladies, then a lot of people say that that's just a plus. You, you bring up a really good point, Amanda, and it's... Uh because we, we talked about X-Men Origins and how, like, the teen version of that game was completely broken. Like, uh, I played it on the PSP, and I think, I, did Adam, uh, one of our the, the other co-hosts from the C4 podcast, he uh, played it on the PS2 or the Wii? I can't remember PS2. which. Yeah. And nothing, like, actually worked in that game. Uh, the way that it was constructed was... You're going to play this game and you're going to be mad at yourself because you didn't pick up the mature rated version, which they obviously worked harder on. Not only to de- to deliver like the decapitations, the the you know blood flying everywhere and all this and that, like you would associate with a character like Wolverine, they did that on purpose so that when the reviews finally came out for that game, people would say, okay, well I'm not picking up. The, the teen version at all because it's complete garbage. Never mind the fact that a, a younger kid who is really excited about Wolverine and wants to play a game that has Wolverine in it, it, it this the, the fault is on the developers for not delivering the similar experience but without the decapitations or the blood or the sex uh, in, in those multi-tiered rated video games. Well, like, that's where, like, movies kind of, you know, excel over video games because you can go into a store and you could buy the PG-13, you know, version of a movie or the unrated version of the movie, which would be, you know, better suited for adults. Um, You can't do that with games. I mean, God, you cannot release a game unrated in the United States. They won't even allow that to work on your console. There are restrictions in there for that. Um, And that's why, as the guys were saying, the rating system does falter with the video games because they're kind of confusing. They don't really tell you what is in there. The experience for video games aren't the same for everybody. Like most people, I would think, didn't even see the sex scene in Mass Effect the way that they showed it on the news. Yet, you know, it's on the back that there is duty and there is sex and stuff like that. And uh, it just doesn't really work. The, 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 the linear rating system for video games doesn't really work. And the fact that they can't have these, you know, quote-unquote extreme, you know, unrated versions of these games limits what we can do in the medium. Well, one of the major problems that I think that we have with the uh, ESRB specifically is, there, it, like, they're mostly a bunch of old prudes, like, in the same vein as PETA. 
I mean, because I mean, we we we've done a lot of stories about PETA being very anti, and then like you look at the people that are you know forcing like uh, the what was the Cooking Mama game that they did at Thanksgiving? Like Cooking Mama will burn your soul in hell or whatever it was. <laughs> oh, it wasn't even like that. It was just like Cooking Mama's. They call it like murder mama. Or yeah, something. Some, yeah. Some, something stupid like that. And you look at those people and it's like, well, I understand why they hate everything. Because <laughs> I would be very upset too. You know, and it's not just about their looks, but it's how they talk. It's how they present themselves. I mean, I, I think most of the people in the ESRB are very, you know, uh, like, like, not to make fun of you, Cy, but they, they've got the wigs on, they wear the, the, the clothes <laughs> and all this and that, and they're just, you've been to their headquarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's a lot of it falls on their responsibility to actually play these games and see how this, uh, this material is delivered because, um, you know, they they rely on the developers and the publishers to give them a list of stuff that's in the games. So yeah, like uh, a few. Uh, well, it's not even been like a few years ago now because it still pops up every now and then. The hot coffee mm. hidden code that was in uh, San Andreas. I mean, that should have been told to the ESRB. Hey, that's in there, but we've done our best to lock it. But I think we've. With sexism specifically, I think the, you know, with video games, we as public are more aware when violence is in a video game than than sex is, and I think that's to do with the nature of games because most games are action fighting or some kind. You know, there's combat and conflict, whereas uh, you know your, the sexualization may be in the character design or it might just be a love story or something, but it's not going to be something that's perce- perceivable and per- sorry perceptible on the box, for example. You know, you can pick up. Uh, Soul Calibur and you know it's a fighting game you don't necessarily know that it's got Ivy and uh, Tacky and oh god Tacky um, but you know <laughs> I can't believe we didn't mention her until now um, <laughs> it's just I, I think with, with sexism it's a more hidden problem with games uh, than something like you know being overly violent or, or being an overly juvenile medium I think it's, sexism has is, is been a problem with games for a long time and one that isn't necessarily brought up all that much well, it's Absolutely. being brought up now, so good job. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> All right. All right, so on that note, I know this is probably going to be real quick. Which characters do you guys think uh, don't degrade women? Which female uh, video game characters do you think do a good job of portraying like a realistic... See, um, I was waiting for you to, to have this question because I thought it was going to follow up the other one and I had like a million answers for you and I was ready to... <laughs> All right, go for it. But, okay, so I think the best representation current generation for females, and I know this is not going to surprise you at all, Matt, but um, Zoe from Left 4 Dead. Okay. Yeah, I can I see mean, that. she's a totally normal female. She's not sexualized. She's, I mean, well, you never really see her outside of, you know, the, the box art. Shooting the undead, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like she's completely 100% normal, and that goes for all of the characters in Left 4 Dead. You don't see, like, the hulked-out steroid dudes, you know, it's like... An old guy, like some gangster wannabe dude who was in prison, maybe. I mean, you know. It's no, he was in prison. That that's why he's got tattoos, and that's why he screams like a girl. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think in Left for Dead too. Also, you know, lots of normal people. You even got like a chunky dude in there. I mean, come on. Coach is gonna be awesome. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I I, I think the Left for Dead series 
so far has done an excellent job with just portraying normal people. So, hooray. <laughs> what, what I like well, about a... um, Zoe is that she's not the other end of the spectrum either. She's not, like, really badass. She's just, you know, right. feminine but strong and, and determined. It's not like she's, you know, like... One of the, uh, those so many games where you have these female characters who are just like completely rude bitches who just don't give a shit about anyone else. <laughs> it's like that, that that's not solving the problem either. That's just as bad. Yeah. Hey, Blood Rain wasn't that bad, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, uh, did you watch the movie? So, both of them, yeah. actually. Oh, wow, <laughs> dude. Oh. Um, I just want to say also that I think Valve does a really good job with their female characters overall. I mean, in every one of the games. I mean, Portal was an all-female cast, even though there were only two characters in that game. Unless you count and you never really knew that the other one was female unless you found a mirror. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, wait a second. I'm a girl. I have <laughs> there you go. Um, absolutely. And Half-Life, of course. I mean, Alex is a very strong female character. She doesn't act overly feminine or overly masculine. She's just kind of a normal chick that you like and that you follow around and she helps you out. And They do a good job, I think, with her. Uh, I, I'll have to go a previous gen, and it's just because, you know, I, I, I still love this character, um, Yuna from Final Fantasy X. She, oh. she, she didn't have, like, uh, the massive Lulu chest or anything <laughs> like that. And, and, you know, yeah, she depended a lot on Titus, but whatever. You know, it, it was about those two coming together is what the uh, overall feeling of that story was. And they're towards, you know, probably about um, after the insane wedding ceremony. Sorry for a spoiler. If you haven't played that game yet, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after that point, she, you know, kind of came into her own and became very strong. And then even in the uh, Final Fantasy dress-up game that followed. Oh, God, don't you know, speak of it. <laughs> I, I'm not, but I'm just talking about Yuna as a character. She was still very uh, strong. You know, and and they changed a lot about her character, but you know, I, I I've always thought that she was probably a closer representation that we'll ever get in a RPG that doesn't slap you in the face with boobs all the time. I just I don't know about the X two because it became all Charlie's Angels and Bubbly oh, yeah. and Pink and. I don't know if that kind of tainted Bubbly the character. And pink. I like that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not that I have a problem with bubbly and pink, but it was a little bit too bubbly and pink for my liking. How, how yeah. about that? <laughs> I'm not talking about like the actual game because the actual game sucked. You know, you only played that to get uh, like the true ending to Final Fantasy X. That's Wait, why you played. No, it. no, no, did that root? Okay, no, we're gonna. That's gonna veer off topic. Let, <laughs> let's not go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, Joe, say something. I was just going to get really heated up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sanam, what are your thoughts about Final Fantasy X? <laughs> so, the female character that I kind of think does it best. Uh, I, I mean, I would have said Alex as well. Um, I think she was just really, really strong for all the Half-Life games. And it, it, I think it's an amazing compliment that she managed to somehow give Gordon Freeman like personality, despite the fact that he never spoke. I, I just thought that was really mm. impressive on her behalf. Um, mm. Then to go back, like I and to contra to 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 contradict myself, Princess Peach <laughs> again, because um, <laughs> I think like in some of the Mario games she's she's quite you know she's the hero and she's saving Mario. Like uh, is it uh, Yoshi? No, yes, no, Yoshi's Island, or one of the two that she's saving the baby Mario. I can't remember. There there are there there are points when she's actually quite strong and Mario too. She's one of the she's the best character in it. So. Uh, no. Luigi, dude. Luigi. No, Luigi. All about Luigi. She all could fly. Her. 
game over, shush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think there are many examples, really, are there, of strong female characters in gaming? Well, you were going on Nintendo, and you didn't mention Princess Zelda. I mean, you know, sure, for the first couple, she was sort of stuck, but she comes into her own, especially with Sheik. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Or what about uh, Samus? I mean, even though she's been overly uh, sexified, uh, because when she busts out of her uh, Metroid armor, booyah, she's all boobies, and that's it. Bust you being know. the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, even a lot of the things that they've done with her is they've made her a strong character. Yeah, you know, because I remember uh, originally beating the game, like, not really knowing what that pixelated bikini-clad woman was. You know, it was. It still takes me aback a little bit because it's like, wait, what? But, you know, Samus is awesome. I don't totally agree with the way that they have uh, portrayed her. But, you know, as a character, she she is, you know, probably one of the uh, – in, in the same vein as a strong female character. Yeah, I think Nintendo took a big risk, uh, you know, especially back in 1985 or whatever it was, putting, you know, making this character female, especially you know, back then. But, I mean, uh, aside from the whole, you know, oh, you get to see her in her bikini if you beat it in three hours, uh, besides that whole thing, I think they've done a good job with the Samus. But that was um, on the um, on the back of Mrs. Pac-Man, of course. Uh, yeah. so, you know that that's. Yeah. I don't think it was that much of a risk. I think they were quite wise in what they did. Sure, sure. That that, that's, that makes sense. Speaking of Mrs. Pac-Man, oh yeah, that's <laughs> the one right there. No, not not really. Defender ever. What <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to actually get into was uh, the Silent Hill series has always had some pretty strong female characters in it, uh, especially Silent Hill Three, where the main character is female. Um, she's not really, you know rushing to save anyone or trying to, you know, escape from danger. She's just kind of going through the same as the men did in the previous two games, go through this weird experience, and she, you know, does everything herself. She never gets saved by any other characters. She's just this, like, strong character with a great personality and one that is very likable. Well, I, I would almost agree with that, except she's very valley girl and whiny, like, a True. lot. Like, especially in, like, the, the first quarter of the game, mm-hmm. you know, and... and I think that kind of detracted, but it also showed her progression as well. So I can kind of see that. I was just going to say, like, the first quarter of the game, she doesn't really know what's going on. And then once she realizes, she becomes this character that she has to be, basically, to escape this situation. And yeah. I think they did a good job with that. And she's, I enjoyed it playing as her. I like much. the ending where she went crazy. So Absolutely. That's, very that's good me. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone have anything else they want to add to this? Well, I just think it's, it's interesting you could find flaws of all the characters you mentioned. So, like, say with Yuna, uh, she fits right into that sort of Final Fantasy stereotype with the two female characters each time. One is the uh, feminine, kind of strong character, but she's a bit subdued, and the other character is bossy, strong, uh, and you can go through seven to ten, and that works every single time. And, yep. you know, uh, we talked about Samus, and obviously she's, uh, in her later forms, become far too sexualized. We talked about Silent Hill characters, Princess Peach, other problems. Even Alex becomes a love interest for no real apparent reason in Half-Life 2. Right, right. But there's no problems with Zoe. Yay! Yeah, Zoe's so far. <laughs> so, so far. I mean, you know, we don't know what happens on the helicopter, the boat, the <laughs> military <laughs> truck, or whatever. Oh, PC mods. PC mods. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> but see, that's that's another thing that, you know, speaking of Zoe, is the, the, the recent PC mod where you can play as Zoe with her clothes shredded off. And it's like, 
what's the point of that? You know, see, but I, I count that as fan art, and basically any female ever you can find fan art of that's in true. bad poses. Yeah. So I mean, I can't, you know. I like how you said that, that in bad poses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they recently did Street Fighter more like that as well on PC. There was some pretty funny things up about that. Big red potion. Gamedalt UK. Gamestraffic.com. Intersectvision. CrankyGamesUK.com. Frugal Game and Scroogecast. The UGN offers something for everyone, from the serious analysis of Big Red Potion to the fun-loving, fast-paced games traffic. Frugal Gaming will bring you gaming bargains to keep your hobby alive, whilst Ninja Fat Pigeons offers one of the best and friendliest communities on the internet. And if you're one of us mature gamers, find like-minded comment at the Game Adult Podcast and the Cranky Gamers UK. www.unifiedgamersnetwork.com Alright, so now that we've given a couple examples for both sides, uh, let's talk about the, the meat of the topic here. Uh, do you guys think that overall, is gaming a sexist medium? Do you think that the majority of what we see presents women in a negative way, or do you think there is a fair balance between realistic representations and absurd exaggerations? Um, Amanda, what do you think? <laughs> I'm the fir- first person you talk to, and I'm probably going to get the worst answer, but I mean, right. I think it's definitely sexist and you know i mean i'll go with both sides on this because if you look at you know anthropologically you know you have these these gender roles that people assign to males and females and with games they stick to this almost to an extreme you know you've got females that are always either frail and helpless or boobylicious and then you've got the males <laughs> that are roided out and they're proactive and they're finding things and they've got crowbars and they're not afraid to use them i mean you know it's one of those things where it's like it's there's so much stereotypes in games that it's insane. You don't see that in movies. I mean, of course you have, you know, your action movies that are totally gender roles. You can't get out of the box sort of movies. I mean, look at any movie that came out this summer and you'll see, you know, it's, it's conventional. And, but with games, it's all year round, <laughs> conventional all the time. So you think for the most part, games stick to that traditional stereotype of hot, sexy girl with no clothing type thing, and they don't really try and do anything different or provide well, real characters for you to play not as. Always, it's not always hot, sexy girl, because, I mean, look at look at Bioshock. Who was the female character in that? Tenenbaum? She's like the mothering, sort of like sad lady type. You know, frail, can't do anything. She can only talk to you about what you should do. I mean, you know, it's it's always, you know, one of the two, but either either decision isn't a good one. So you think basically that it's not it's it's gaming is a sexist medium, but it's more the, a problem that the the developers of these games don't really want to find like real characters to make these things. They want these exaggerations to be at the forefront of their games, um, and that's the kind of world they want to present. They don't really care about you know presenting a real character, a real person with a real life or anything like that. Yeah, they just want to present something that's familiar to people and that they can you know sort of quote unquote relate to. You know, like, you know this person, or at least you think you know this person. In the case of those exaggerations, that's the person that you want to meet. So, and I mean, from a marketing standpoint, you know, that's solid, because people are going to buy what they like, what they expect. But, you know, at the same time, you have to put some sort of innovation out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I can't believe I didn't mention this before, but, like, Mirror's Edge, right? I mean, that was Mm -hmm. a pretty strong female character. Mm -hmm. Faith Faith was awesome. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I, I wasn't really that thrilled with it from a gameplay standpoint, but from, you know, sort of bucking the kind of boxes that they put the females into, that was a great example of that. But there's just not that many games out there that defy these traditional gender roles. Mm. So that's, I think it is very sexist. I don't know if it's because it's, number one, a new medium or that they're just trying to market to, like, sort of the baseline of the users. Like, all right, well, what do all of the gamers have in common? Well, they all know about female and male gender stereotypes, so let's just go with that. You know, I don't know what it is, but I think it's very sexist. So do you think if games moved away from, like, the, the, the pro-wrestler type males and the, you know, very stereotypical, you know, video game female, do you think that gamers would react positively to this? More characters like Faith, in other words. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it has to be done in a way, you know, you have to have gameplay because, you know, I think story and characterization most times is secondary to the experience of playing the game. So obviously it has to be fun. And, you know, like the earlier example, like Left 4 Dead, you know, you don't care necessarily about what these characters look like, you know, all this other stuff. You care about shooting some zombies and it's fun. And, you know, they don't have the gender roles in there, so it's fine. You know, and if you could have games like that, I don't see it act being negative on sales or anything like that. You know, you just got to make sure that the game is fun and then, you know, develop your characters in such a way that, you know, it's interesting instead sure. of just the same old, same old. Sure. Uh, Matt, do you agree? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, to, to, to coin a really stupid phrase, uh, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. And that's generally what everyone feels. I mean, it happens in every medium. Uh, you know, if you have uh, an overly roided out male character that has a soft, gentle heart, then you're going to have sales from the, the female demographic. If you have girls that are completely shallow and that would, quote, give it up in one night, then, <laughs> I, I mean, you know what I'm saying, then you've got the male demographic. And, and it happens not just in with, with teenage males. But it happens with older males as well, you know, because this is the type of stuff that they look for or at least what the developers and, and publishers think that they're looking for. And, and there's really no need to go outside that box because if and, – and to also include the, the whole gameplay side, if there's gameplay, great. But if there's like pretty boobs or masculine biceps to look at, all the better. You know, because that's how the the average gamer's frame of mind works. Is they they need the the pretty graphics, and um, going back to Dead or Alive, in a fighting game, if you don't have boob physics, there's something wrong because you it's have nothing. yeah, you have nothing. <laughs> I, I don't care if I can you know mash on the buttons and win a fight. If I can mash on the buttons and win a fight. And watch boob physics. <laughs> I am going to drop sixty bucks on that game because that's what I want to see. You know, not me personally, because as I stated earlier, I'm more about the story, the character development, and the gameplay of the game. Um, it's just one of those really sad state of affairs that in every medium, this is what has become expected, and this is what will continue. Because they know what will sell. There's no need to change it. Like um, EA has done several ads for uh, Need for Speed. I mean, it, it's a racing game. But they feel a need 
to display a topless, sometimes two, sometimes three topless girls on the hood of a car. If I'm looking at Easy Rider, that's okay, because that's what I've come to expect from that magazine. But I don't need to see that to tell me I need to go play Need for Speed. Well, I think with EA in particular, their recent Comic-Con contest that they did where they asked people to go around Comic-Con and get uh, pictures with the booth babes um, doing some, you know, uh, committing one of the seven deadly sins around a booth babe. Yeah. Um, Like, that just personifies exactly what you said and how, you know, I mean, that, I mean, already Dante's Inferno is being linked with, you know, basically, hey, guess what? There's boobs in this game or something along that line because of all these stupid contests that they've been doing and then just absolute absurd attention that they've been putting on that game, which, you know, could have or might even be decent seeing as how it's from the Dead Space team. But this all this negative press that's coming in beforehand is Ah. is not really going to help it. Uh, Are you sure about that? Because negative press generate sales. Well, it's also yeah, like I mean, what acclaimed it. Bad press, right? I mean, yeah. I think that's sort I mean, of EA's stance because I, would, I mean, cause they can do a bad, bad press for this Dante's Inferno thing the whole way long. I mean, look what they did at E3 this year. Yeah. You know, fake protesters? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So I think that one, they're just trying to get the name out there so when you see it in a, in a shop, you're like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, they did that. Hmm, well, let's buy it. And there's the to argument fair, that, um, that game's already started on the back foot anyway, in terms of, you know, it's Dante's Inferno. It's a bloody book. What are you doing yeah, making this exactly. game? So, you know, if you're starting from right. the back foot, why don't you just go all the way and make it a terrible marketing campaign? Would have, uh, you know, intended to really cause as much controversy as possible. Why not? Sure. I mean, to be fair, the Name Your Child Turok contest <laughs> didn't really help the sales of that game. So we'll see what happens with Dante's Inferno. Yeah, but I mean, so, it was Turok, though, so... Uh, uh, yeah. There are dinosaurs in that, though. You can't really argue that. So, Matt, you think that most gamers uh, treat gaming as a strictly visual medium where they what they see is what they want. If it, what they see matches in their head what a game should be, they will buy it regardless of the gameplay. I, I would like to believe no, but um, unfortunately I think it's yes. Because, I mean, if you look at uh, the, the recent uh, cropping up of video comparisons... Uh, of which system the game looks better on and, and things like that. I think that completely guides people into the decision where they will buy the game. And it's not really one of those things where you can be like, oh, well, because used to, it was like, I have this system, I'm going to buy it for this system and only this system. Or if you were one of the ones that had several systems, it's like, okay, well, my friend's, have it on this system, so I'm going to buy it for that system so that we can play together. Especially with the online gameplay now, it is one of the uh, that should be one of the the deciding factors. Mm-hmm. But uh, now people are getting into the frame of mind of it looks better on this system. I don't really care that my friends have it on this system because it looks better over here. And the same thing can be said as far as like going to the to the shop and you look at the back uh, of of the video game case and a lot of people that I know have started looking just at the ESRB and if it's got violence, language, nudity, brief nudity, or any of the uh, of the trappings of like a rated R movie, if they see those criteria, they buy it, no questions asked could be the worst game they've ever experienced in their life, like Onei Chimbara. 
That game is horrid. <laughs> Completely <laughs> horrid. I actually rented that game because I wanted to see, you know, why Amanda, you know, told me not to. But, <laughs> you know. And, and it was like, okay, fine, whatever. They're, okay, the, these chicks are completely naked, and for whatever reason, they're playing uh, or they're attacking and killing zombies. Okay, I'll get past that. The gameplay is horrid. But I know so many people that bought that game because it was a chick in a bikini with a sword killing zombies. Yeah. That's right. why no one bought the Wii version, because they didn't have the physics. Oh, no. <laughs> That's true. Ouch. Burn. All right, so you, uh, it's kind of a thing with the whole unrated DVD thing, too, where you know these companies will add one minute of very tame, ridiculous footage into a DVD just so they can say that it's unrated, because technically that one minute was never seen by the MPAA. Right. So it's kind of the same thing with games where, oh, there's nudity in it? Yeah, just sold. Here's 60 bucks. Take it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, so Sam, what do you think about this whole thing? Do you think that gaming as a whole uh, is a sexist medium? Do you think that you know it's basically the consumers saying that they want this in this game, so it will be put in there by the developers? Um, you know, that's the only way they're going to get people to buy it. Do you think that all makes sense, or is there something else? Well, I think to your first question, yes, yes, of course, gaming is sexist. That that is without a doubt, yes. Um, but to the why, you, you see, I it's difficult. I think there are two sides to it. I think. You, a lot of people say male developers, so therefore you, you're going to get male-centric games. Uh, that's how it started, so it's gone to a male-centric audience, and now you're in a vicious circle where you've got male, male developers developing games for male audience. And I think that's one side of it, and I guess you could, uh, uh, as Matt probably knows, look to the comics, comic book side of things, and that is pretty much the case of what's gone on with comics. You know, It is basically sexist because of who's making it and who's buying it. Whereas I think with games there might be another side to it, which is the fact that it of the nature of the medium, that it's interactive, and the kind of stories that have been told in games so far, and they're predominantly lowest common denominator action stories. And I think, you know, fine, uh, that that's fine, but that's really a tiny amount of what you can tell in the story. And I think you can look to, say, movies and books, which have this whole diverse range of storytelling and what you can actually talk about in a game, and uh, that's why those mediums aren't really as... And I'm not going to say they're not sexist. I think they're not nearly as sexist as games. I still think movies are quite, it's quite a sexist medium as itself. But um, with games, I think, you know, you look at some of the games that start to tell different stories, like, uh, say, Trauma Center. That, that has some good female characters. Uh, Ace Attorney, same thing. Heavy Rain looks like it's going to have some really strong female characters. All the games that are starting to do different types of stories are showing maybe the potential for stronger female characters and who are less stereotypical and less sexualized. And I think maybe it's just because, at the end of the day, Gaming is such a young medium that it's, it's also is, is a major reason why it's such a sexist medium. Well, uh, the problem there, I mean, with Heavy Rain in particular, is that like that game is very sexual. Like the characters are realistic characters; they're realistic proportion. They are not, you know, they're not super stereotypical in their personality or anything like that. But I mean, uh, everything that they showed at E3 for Heavy Rain was, hey, guess what? You're, you make your character undress and, and to get what she wants from this guy, and hey, you can rip your skirt so that it's a little bit shorter. That, and th- like, you know, that, that's not necessarily sexist. That might just be that one thing. I mean, Heavy Rain is meant to be a bunch of characters, a bunch of stories. We know that it, uh, David Cage is. Well, we talk about this game all the time, but we know he's trying to produce something mature, <laughs> something for adults, <laughs> something that isn't. And you can't just. I, I think it's. Pre presumptuous to say because there's a 
they're selling it a certain way, and there is a scene which degrades the woman in it, that it's necessarily degrading to women overall. I, and I, and well, it, I think there is quite a lot to that game. I'm sure it'll be better in the long run. I just, it, I think it's weird that they chose that scene in particular to show off to the media as its first big outing, a playable outing to the public. Well, they did that to show it at E3, so that all of the it's blogs funny. and all the instant right. news would be like, oh right. my goodness. But the thing is, at their presentation though, they also said that this scene doesn't necessarily happen. It just depends on what you do. Yeah. Right. You could play that without ever running into that scene. It's completely based on your actions, and you're not going to go into the game so, being like, okay, I need to choose this tab so I can get to this <laughs> sex lady scene. That's like, not you know. entirely true. You know exactly. as well as I do that there's going to be like a mass swarm of people that are going to be trying to figure out the strategy of how to press X and then square just to get to that scene. You know, and and again, that falls back on the the gaming community as a whole. Well, also in his previous game, like in Indigo Prophecy slash Fahrenheit, like that game had all realistic characters, sort of. Like, well, the, the oh, main until character... The until the end. yes. I mean, but, like, the main character, Lucas, he was, like, a normal guy. He looked like... I and mean, he didn't have muscles. He wasn't, like, a, a scientist or anything crazy like that. He was just some dude. And, like, there was also happened to be, like, three or four gratuitous sex scenes in that game for no reason. Including one of them that was interactive that they cut out of the US one. So, like, I think that, you know, uh, I think it's it, it, it's very similar to movies in the way where, you know, they'll throw the sex scene in there just to get people interested in the flick or whatever, but... I do think that games, you know, do try and like, hey, push that stuff out there more so that they'll get people to buy. As Matt was saying, they'll get people interested in the content, even though it doesn't really pertain to what the story that's trying to be told. I mean, the, the counter to, you know, it being something that's intrinsic in the medium and, and maybe more to do with the male developers thing is, is you look at something like Mirror's Edge, which uh, Amanda brought up, which I, I think Faith is probably actually the best example we've heard so far in that yeah. there was uh, nothing about her character that meant she had to be a woman in any way, and yet right. she had plenty of depth to her. They t- I mean, uh, the storytelling device, the comics, was rubbish, but the actual... The, the, the text of it was really quite good. And I think you look at that game sales, and you wonder if it had featured someone like Lara Croft, would it have done better? Well, to be honest, I mean, I'd, in the games that have come out in the last couple of years where, you know, they allow you to make your own character, like, I, I, I always tend to make female characters for whatever reason. I don't know. I just, I enjoy designing them more, I guess. And no, they don't have absurd proportions, so don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I talk to my friends about that, and, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, in Mass Effect, I made Shepard a female, and they're like, what? Like, I, I know some people, and I know I'm not the only one who knows people like this, that will not play as a female character if they're allowed to choose, and they won't do it because, oh, you know, I don't want chick doing all this stuff like that type of attitude is what i think keeps people like you know i'm not sh- saying that everyone that didn't buy mirror's edge is like that but i think there were some people that were like hey there's a chick in the arm really want to play. i absolutely agree with you i think 110 percent that that is the the general consensus because um the uh speaking about the grand theft auto uh series again the lost and damned downloadable content that was released mm-hmm. there was so many people that were excited about that i know at least 25 people to this day that refuse to get that downloadable content because there's male frontal nudity in it you know there's no reason to be that way because yes it's there but it's done in a casual way that it's not oh my god look at that dude's you know member or whatever you know it's just like oh Wow, there it is. Okay, it's not like uh, Bruno, 
you know, the the movie that right. Sasha Baron Cohen has come out with, where there's nudity throughout that, and most of it's him. And it's like, okay, I was unprepared for that. And, and you know, it's it's become a stereotype to where it's totally okay to show uh, female anatomy. But once you start introducing the possibility of male anatomy uncovered, then you have this uh, uh, frame of mind where the male audience, especially the male audience, is like, whoa, no, I'm, I'm having none to do with that. And what's the name of this called? Oh, that's right. It's homophobia. Yeah. But that's yeah, another absolutely. podcast. Yeah, that's, that's, another, that's <laughs> something totally different. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say it's homophobia rather than the double standard, I think, with, you know, I think that's a different thing. But I just wanted to say on that note, like, isn't it great that Rockstar have come out with the Ballad of Gay Tony? And you know that's totally, <laughs> that is totally to do with that reaction to all, all that, you know, the pictures of penis. I think that's absolutely brilliant, Rockstar. And I love them for facing up with the controversy and just going, right, here's more, take it. I just love that about them. <laughs> but, but do you know, um, uh, Adam, from uh, the C4 podcast, and I have a theory about what's going to go on in the Ballad of Gay Tony. We think that now that they have gotten uh, the the full female nudity or the full male nudity, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of that um, in the Ballad of Gay Tony because of the reaction that they received from the Lost and Damned. Now, the character themselves is probably going to be the the biggest stereotype um homosexual character ever i assume but it i really think that there's going to be more female than there will be of male i've got my own theory about about it okay tony i they showed a, a press release with picture of a female character on it and i've just got this sneaking feeling that female character isn't actually female <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, I great that I'm really be, hoping that, that happens. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Alright, so right, let's take it back. If Grand Theft Auto Five has a female lead character, do you think that series gets really hurt by that? Sales wise, yes, without doubt. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So make note like a lot of a, a significant chunk of the Grand Theft Auto audience will not want to play as a female main character. Nope. See, but I don't know. I mean, if they hype it up as much as they do these Grand Theft Auto games, I mean, I think there's so much of a faithful base to that. I mean, they might just, you know, they might not normally want to, but since it is Grand Theft Auto, that might be a way in. See, I would love to believe you. I really would. Uh, But, you know, Amanda, I know that you have had your own experiences with male gamers and stuff like that. You know as well as I do that if they had that as... You know, the only character that you get to play, they're not going to approve of that Un- unless there's like some ulterior motive for them to play as a female character in that game. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, is it going to be totally gender reversed if it's the female character? Is that female character going to go and find male like prostitutes? And you know, if that's the case, that there'll be so many people turned off by that. And, yep. they, you know, I just. I think Rockstar, like I said, they like to go up against the controversy, but I don't think they're that stupid. Uh, as much as I'd love them to do it, I just think their sales would be would be hurt too much. Yeah, I, I think I would almost see them introducing a uh, like a branch off series instead of making it happen in the Grand Theft Auto because it's such a proven franchise that they know when it comes out, it's going to sell in the millions. They don't want to hurt those chances at all 
Well, I mean, I honestly think that like the gay Tony thing would be a, a, a worse turnoff for most of those people than a, a female lead character would. I mean, you know, if, I mean, obviously, Ballad of Gay Tony is not Grand Theft Auto Five, but like, right, so what if the next expansion pack was a female uh, fronted expansion? Do you think like less people would like? Do you think people would actually care about this game from you know the mainstream gamers, or do you think it's kind of going to be the same reaction that Gay Tony's been getting, where it's like, all right, well, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't think it would be as uh, bad, but I, I, I do think that the the sales of it would be down. I'll take it another way, too. Um, so, you know, as far as, like, game characters being degrading to women and everything like that, do you think that the, the male uh, stereotypes in gaming are as degrading as males as, like, say, you know, Cammy is to females? Like, the, 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 the Marcus Phoenixes and the, you know, the, the stereotypical giant machismo dudes running around with their giant chainsaw guns. Do you think like that is like as bad as say, you know, the worst Lara Croft pictures that have come out? Do you think like the, the, the big male stereotypes that have come into gaming are really like degrading to males in the same way? Uh, you go, Matt. No, 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 you go ahead. Okay. Because I, I have to figure out how to word what I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, um, I, it's difficult because I think if you, it's the choice of words, like Matt's saying. If you want to say stereotyped, yes, I think male characters are just as stereotyped as female characters. If you're saying degraded, no. I think that it's to do, uh, without sounding sexual about it, about dominant submissiveness kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. the, girl, the male characters are strong. Uh, they're made, you know, they're the control freaks. They're the muscle machismo guys. They're the guys who save the day. And the girls swoon on their arms. You know, they're two stereotypes there, but one has got the girl on their arms, uh, and mm-hmm. the other is the girl on the arm, and that I think that's the problem. Yeah, um, I, I I really agree with what you said because you know stereotype. Yeah, because I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know many people that could walk and turn their neck if they look like Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I know like two, and and they've broken their neck twice. So. Um, <laughs> But it's the, the the degrading thing is not as easy to say yes to because it, it's become commonplace for you to see uh, a muscle bound male on the television or outside uh, it, you know, with your neighbors or you know whatever the case may be. It, you you see that more often, and it's like. Um, even in uh, television shows, it's become more acceptable for them to show brief male nudity than um, brief female nudity uh, on, like, a, um, a, an adult-oriented television show. I'm not talking about, like, you know, Skinamax or HBO or anything like that where they show all female. And uh, But when they show a male, it's like, oh, okay, whatever, doesn't matter. You know, because let's face it, most people, unless there's something horribly wrong with them, they think the male body is horrendous. And and I kind of agree with that statement because I look at myself and I'm like, wow, I've eaten too many Cheetos and bologna sandwiches, you know. (laughs) And it's, it's one of those things to where as a male gamer, you don't really want to play the game as this fat slob. You want to play it as this muscle-bound 
person that is going to save the day, that is going to get the girl. But then again, what about Mario? He doesn't have that many muscles. <laughs> uh, but he gets the girl. Okay, well, what he, about Luigi? Hey, let's not get started with Luigi. He gets the girl, too. <laughs> Princess Daisy is, is his girl. I mean, you know, with, with guys, you know, I mean, you know, I was talking before about how female stereotypes, you know, they fit into, like, three or four boxes. I think with males, they're stereotyped, but they get, like, 20 boxes. So, I mean, there's a lot. Like, you know, for every Marcus Phoenix and Chris Redfield out there, there's, you know, a Link and a Mario and all these other characters that aren't so roided out. Well, I, I think it, you, I, I do agree with you as far as, like, them having more boxes to fit into, but... On on the cover, it's either roids or Altoids is what it works out to. I think one of the but what about Link? I mean, you know, yeah. he's he's on the the cover of these things, and I mean, if you look at the Wind Waker. I mean, that doesn't look very intimidating at all. But and it also turned off a lot of the audience. That I say which, which Zelda, Zelda series has had better success? The, the yeah, the, you know, um, I don't know. One of the things we haven't brought up, and and just looking at the time, because we're getting close to the end, is. What do what do female players actually want from their games? And I think that's like a huge thing because you look at how games are marketed to women, which is I guess not really what we're talking about, but uh, the whole kind of Imagine series and stuff. And I think oh no, uh, yeah. don't. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, sorry, I, I just say the, the I word. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that is actually as big a part of the problem as all these games which stereotype women because that is just you're you're creating a niche which doesn't really put women on who are developing for the games or you know buying the games in, in a good light because they're just those games are nothing and and yet they sell and that that's just as bad a problem i think well it's also i think how these things are sold to women because if you look at I mean, what was it the GameStop video that they had a couple months ago <laughs> like women are wild animals and you must explain things to them slowly and in terms they can understand i mean you know i think the industry as a whole just thinks they're just aliens and, I mean, it's not even just GameStop. I mean, if you look, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the Gamefly commercials where everybody's mad at their games and they're yelling at their televisions. There's, like, ten men in there and one girl, but she's sitting with a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no females in there at all. So it's one of those things where I think a lot of people think that the, the female market in gaming is just so small, which it's not, but there's some kind of misconception there. With the the Imagine series in, in, in particular... Um, no. <laughs> we talked about, <laughs> or at least we tried. Our, our podcast is cursed from talking about the Imagine series. Um, it, it's one of those things to where that in itself is degrading because the the people that put together the marketing research, supposed marketing research for why they were coming out with these games and the types of games that teenage girls want to play. Now, I could almost see it. If they asked like a, a group of five and six year old girls what they wanted to be gr- when they grew up, they wanted to be mommies, they wanted to be babysitters, you know these these completely uh, unbelievable jobs that they turned into video games. Granted, they have tried to get better, not very well, but like with the Imagine Teacher. Uh, what was one of the other ones that they came out with recently? Like uh, Imagine, Imagine. Astron. Astronaut like, or something? Well, I, don't I don't know if they have an astronaut. They have, like, Imagine Master Chef yeah. and mm-hmm. all these things. So, I mean, they're not terrible, but at the same time, you know, let's face it, these games are also really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're, I mean, they're, I they're, they were yeah. decent, 
you know, like, I guess the Cookie Mama at least is decent. Imagine Master Chef makes you want to just put your hand in a meat grinder. I mean, it's terrible. But it, it's it, again, it's one of those things to where even though they are kind of uh, building this better library, so to speak, of, of these games for people to play, it's still guiding the stereotype of what girls want to do. Yeah. They want to grow up and be fashion designers, or they want to grow up and be master chefs, or they want to grow up and be teachers. It's like, that's not always the case. And it's not just one of those things to where only the female demographic wants to be those things. There's a lot of, of male gamers that want to be master chefs, or a teacher, or some of them just want to be babysitters, you know? <laughs> not me, but, you know, I, I, I take care of my boys my own, and I don't know how people do it, but whatever. It, it's one of those things that, A, you don't really need games mm. for this sort of thing. It's like uh, um, that training game, the walking. The, yes. This yes. Training Personal walking. trainer. Yeah. Wait for walking. Who needs that game? Yes. That's the game trains you to walk. Yes. yes. <laughs> who needs that? Yes. People who eat bologna and Cheeto sandwiches. Hey, I tell <laughs> you, I get up and I walk to the kitchen to get those. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right, I'm going to get like seven copies. Of <laughs> yeah, listeners, everyone send Matt Walker. <laughs> copies of no, but like, I, I totally agree with both of you saying. I think it's that that is hugely important. I think the other thing as well is... People call those games like the bridges, you know, the ones that are building the bridges for female gamers to come into the, to the market and into the medium. But the games that they're producing, the, the spawn-offs, if you want if you want to call them that, uh, and I think of 2DS games, Super Princess Peach, which, like I said at the top of the show, uh, Princess Peach cries, uh, uses emotions basically throughout the entire game to get her way and get through the level. And I don't say get her way, but I mean, you know, that's it. I, I immediately wanted to grade it and sneer at it because of the way that it presents itself. And then the other one is Drama Queens for the DS. Has oh, anyone seen the trailer? Oh, God. Yeah. We, the, I, I think Drama Queens stems from those stupid Bratz dolls. Absolutely. I, re I remember when my nieces were into the Bratz dolls, and I was like, those dolls are ugly, and they're skanky. <laughs> you can't have those. Yeah. And yet there's also a line of games based on the Bratz franchise yeah. as well. And, and to be yeah. fair, like, my girlfriend plays a lot of games, and she's never played an imagined game, she's never played Nintendogs, she's never played any of that stuff, yet she loves Monkey Island, she loves The Sims, she loves, you know, um, a lot of, like, you know, casual-type games, but she also plays a lot of the stuff that, like, I play and that I enjoy. I think that a lot of girls don't really want these, like, you know, weird uh, imagine makeup type things. They want just real games that are fun to play and, like, you know, adventure games, stuff like that. My girlfriend loves adventure games. So I think that's the whole problem is the marketers think that girls want only these certain types. You know, they want jewel matching games as about the primary focus of what girls want. But really, they just want stuff that we want. Exactly. See, that's the thing. There's no need to, to separate what types of games are being produced and developed because it's like... Uh, my wife, in particular, she loves Gears of War. She loves shooters, period. Yep. But she loves Gears of War. She, for two games now, she has complained about the fact that when you're playing the online multiplayer, you don't have a female character that you can at least be in the online multiplayer. She doesn't require it for like the actual story because she understands that that's about Marcus Phoenix and Dom 
And that's why I put in the joke earlier about Dom being the girl because she <laughs> thinks that he's the girl. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that if they had just included one possibility of a female character online, not saying that every female gamer would want to be that character, but the option is there. You know, and, and the, I, I firmly stand behind there's no need for the separation. You can have casual games that both male and female gamers like mm. to play, and then you have everything else that both male and female gamers will like to play. Totally. I think it would actually be good. I would uh, be really interested in uh, Gears of War to see how many people use that female character model <laughs> if they had it available. I would love to, because especially a super macho game like that, I would love to count how many of those I would see online. I would, because of the boob physics, because you know they would be there. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, get it, get it in there. but just just to get back to the Sims, which you brought up, Joe, I think that is like most the most symptomatic game, you know, of what, what of the problem because the Sims sold on the back of being a really really good game. I mean, have you guys all played the first one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I love the first two Sims games. I think they're brilliant. Um, I haven't tried the third one yet, but uh, and they sold they sold to both male and female gamers. But people picked up on the fact that some of these gamers who were buying them were female, and so of course you got the casualization of the series. And I don't mean casualization right. in a good way. I mean in a bad way in terms of exploiting and all these side uh, you know extra games, which you know were so like, like the Wii. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, oh, <laughs> that was sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's sad because I I kind of feel a bit pit off going back to The Sims now because of the way it's been marketed. And, you know, that could have been the platform, really, for bringing girls in, into games in a good way, but it, it's ended up becoming kind of a joke in the industry. No, I totally agree. I mean, that's kind of the way it is with everything, though. Like, you know, the marketers do see where things are going and they will they will look towards it. I mean, if, if people, you know, if there was a significant market of people who wants a female character in Gears of War, they would totally make you buy it for nine ninety nine. But... It's just it, there's just not that voice out there saying that you know it, as girls want these type of experiences, and that's the real problem. You know, actually, I disagree with you on whether or not there's an actual voice for it because I, I do strongly believe that there is a voice that wants the inclusion of a female character that you know not necessarily directly involved in the story, but you know to at least have that option of a female character. But the problem is, is not whether or not the voice is strong enough. But whether or not Epic Games gives a damn about the female voice, because they know that their market is the male, adolescent, hyperactive, roided out, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, video gamer. They know that that's where their market is. They don't really think that they need to also include the female market on the same level as, you know, the male. Mm. I mean, just to be clear, it's not just you know girls who who would want that. I think there are a lot of right. you know uh, guys who you know played games in the eighties and seventies who've grown up quite a bit more mature and would like to see more interesting female characters in games. I mean, yeah, I, I, so many of my friends demand that all the time, and and I just think maybe it's something that will happen over time because of that reason. But who- all right, so to, to close up. Obviously, when the next gens do come, or when the next version of these engines come, things are going to start looking a whole lot more realistic in games. And I think the flaws of the current female design model will be shown off, especially in that situation when, when graphics are so realistic that you can barely tell the difference between you know a, a movie and a game. 
having these characters with absurd proportions would look completely stupid, I would assume, and put people off. Whereas now they're still kind of cartoony and it's kind of okay because they're stylized. So to, to close off, do you guys think in maybe five, six, seven years, whenever the next gens come around, do you really think that the female character design stereotypes will still be around and in full glory? Or do you think that things might actually change and we might actually start getting more realistic characters as the graphics get to more realistic levels? I think that we can look forward to a, a few cases where um, not just female characters, but the male characters as well, becoming more realistic. However, you brought up a point about things being stylized and, and things of that nature. Um, Street Fighter 4 is an example where they skipped over the necessity of making a realistic fighter by stylizing uh, Street Fighter 4 in order to get by with a lot of the, the, the features that Street Fighter has become known for. Mm-hmm. And it, the same thing will happen with the other games. They don't really, they, they won't really need to rely on the realistic look as long as they say this is a stylistic representation of the next dead or alive beach volleyball extreme hoopla boob physics. And people will get into that because they still get the type of game that they want, and it's still okay because now it's stylized. See, I think in the future, you know, it's not just the character designs. I think, you know, just the, the representation of women in, you know, the storyline and everything else is going to have to do a little bit of uh, of growing up because, you know, I can recognize that there's there's a place for the Kasumis and the, the Chun-Li's of the world. But at the same time, you know, let's let's do something different. And I think as the industry grows, you know, they're going to have to recognize that because I think even the biggest physics enthusiasts will get bored, you know, with the same old, same old. I, you know, I think it's going to have to change at some point. And whether that's next generation or even the generation after that, you know, I'm not holding my breath, but, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to change eventually. L- let me ask you a question about people getting bored. What number is Dynasty Warriors on? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, six if you're just counting the linear series. Well, I'm talking man. about all of it. Like 150 now is what, what we're looking at. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Dynasty Warriors fans are just, they're a breed apart, but you know, maybe <laughs> Dynasty Warriors will die next generation. Maybe I don't know. No, no. we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like you said, six or seven years. No, not in six or seven years. I think we're still going to see characters with um, significant chest regions, as you put it. But uh, maybe twenty or thirty years down the line, I'd like to think that we'd have moved on from where we are now in games. And I think the technology will hopefully be able to produce much more you know different experiences with gaming and we'll just see different stories i think that that for me that's the key i think it's it's being able to tell a mature story that's going to help female characters be more mature in them well Well, the only way that uh, mature stories are going to be able to be told is if there's a restructuring in the esrb that will actually allow those mature stories to be told and sold to the appropriate audiences because uh, you know, th- uh, granted, this is an entirely different topic, but the way the uh, the video game retailers uh, react to when an underage gamer comes in versus someone that they just met off the street to go in and buy the game—it's the same thing with like buying alcohol for underage people. Right. I think it's just about the right game coming along and doing it. You know, no one would have thought that we'd have had a fitness game doing so well 
you know, five, six years ago, and yet Wii Fit continues to astound people. I think it's just about the right game on the right system at the right time coming along and breaking the mold. And I think that will happen. And to be fair, though, the, there also has to be a bit of a change in the audience that's picking up these games, because if that game does come along and it doesn't sell a couple million copies, that really won't make much of a yeah, difference. It'll never happen again. Yeah. And that's the problem. See Wii Fit, you know, I, you know, no one thought that would sell, and it did. It was being lambasted before it hit stores, and it, and it did. There will be that game that will sell. If you want to, if you want to put that in your criteria, fine. There will be this game that will sell at the right time on the right system, and to the right people in the right place in the right world, and it'll be right. See, the, the problem with the audience thing, though, is that even though like the the gamers that are playing right now, they're going to grow up, and their maturity level is going to grow up, and they're going to want more. The problem with that is they're ushering in another group that wants boobies, that wants masculinity, that wants all the stereotypes that uh, these current generation of people experienced, but with prettier graphics. Well, there's clearly room for both of these audiences. I mean, I think that just there there has to... The sales have to show that people... There are, there are two different groups of people that want this type of thing and they want that type of thing. And I think that once... We get to that area where we fit sells as many copies as something like, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Heavy Rain does. I think that's going to be the ideal position. When we will actually get to that level, I don't know. But I think there will be a point where the mature gamers will have just as strong a voice as the people who want to play Gears of War 7. And on that note, we shall close. Um, I want to thank uh, Amanda and Matt for coming on. I thought this was a great show. You guys did a fantastic job. I appreciate you guys coming on. And um, let's see, does anyone want to say any uh, plugs or shout-outs for your guys' site and podcast? Uh, Matt first. No, make Amanda go first. I want to see what okay. she says. Amanda <laughs> goes first. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, all right. Well, let's plug the C4 podcast. It's the most awesome podcast next to this one, right? Is that what I'm supposed to say? You got it. <laughs> That's pretty close, and, yeah. <laughs> and um, you should listen to us. We have a lot of hate. And <laughs> a lot of hate for every everything. So, you all know, right. com slash podcast. Let's do this. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I'll continue the C4 podcast thing, um, of course, and uh, give a shout-out to the other co-host that wasn't with us this week, Adam Brown. Uh, you know, whatever, we'll have to get him on one of the BRPs. Soon. Uh, absolutely, that'd be great. Um, and uh, I also uh, give a shout-out to actually Cheat Code Central, where the C4 podcast resides. Uh, be sure to check out that for... You know, craziness that's not quite rant and hate field as the C4 podcast, but, you know, whatever. To say that I'm very happy that this is a very optimistic podcast because sometimes these things can get a little bit depressing. Like, you know, everything is bad and, you know, female. Like the never E3 to get- podcast that we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, our E3 <laughs> podcast is like basically the games industry is doomed. So I'm very happy that this is an optimistic podcast. So I, I think that you guys are some very, very progressive males. So high fives to everyone. She has oh. never said that to me before. That is awesome. It's certainly the first time I've been called a progressive male. The last <laughs> one, I assume. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thank you guys very much. And uh, this obviously has probably been the cheerful, most cheerful podcast that we've had in a while where we've been talking about death and destruction pretty much every week. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's a rare one. Um, uh, Sanam, what would you like to... Shout out. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, I wanted to shout out to you, Joe, for your first time uh, hosting with, with, well, I know it's not the first time hosting, but first time hosting with me, which is always more difficult than hosting without me. <laughs> so, um, well done. You did a great job. Right. I think everyone will Thank agree. You, sir. Uh, 
Secondly, I wanted to shout out to the Crank Gamers UK, who I'm just about to do a show with in like 15 minutes, if I don't keep rambling on in this outro. Um, I'm going to do the replay show, so be sure to check that out, crankygamersuk.com. Thirdly, um, first time I've asked this in about, like, what, 20 shows? Please leave us an iTunes review. We need yes, them. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> we like it when people say not. You can say bad things if you want, but... We prefer nice things, to be honest. <laughs> um, and that's it. I th- yeah, that's it. All right, great. So um, I want to thank you all for listening today. Uh, please, as Tanan said, check out the check Cranky Gamers replay show, which he will be guest starring on. I believe you guys are going to be talking about Cracktown, so that should be pretty fun. Yes. And uh, check out the C4 podcast for more of Matt and Amanda. And our own site, and, uh, BigRedPotion.com. BigRedPotion.com is a good site. You should guys check it out. We're putting stuff up on there. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, things planned, haven't we, actually, in the next few Yeah, years. we actually we had a meeting. We're going to have a couple of new exciting stuff up on there, so uh, guys, check it out. And we are both on Twitter, and you can find updates on the site on there because we like to pimp our own stuff a lot. <laughs> uh, everyone, thank you very much for checking us out this week, and uh, we'll see you all next week. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs>